Good evening. Welcome everybody to Words on Whiskey, episode 63. It's been a while and delighted to be back. And we have a whole series of shows lined up now over the next few months. And to kick us off, we've got a uh, somebody that we've been looking to have on for quite a while, actually, and uh, delighted that she's uh, agreed to come on at such short notice and uh, give us her expertise on what's had uh, the industry has been going through and what's been happening. So just bear with me, I'll get Facebook up and running. And... Wouldn't be fun if it was easy. Let's see. Okay, we should be live now. We should have Facebook on as well. So. Uh, as I said, thank you all very much for joining us. Uh, excited to be back. And our first guest in the new series is Sarah Kennedy. Delighted to have Sarah join us. Sarah is a brand ambassador, or certainly joined as a brand ambassador with the Belfast Distillery Company. And her role has certainly progressed on to taking on an awful lot more than that. So let's bring in Sarah and welcome her. Good evening, Sarah. How are you? Hi, Sergius. I'm great. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Very well. I'm glad to see you're, you're home and not in the office. <laughs> yeah, home at this time of night, but um, yeah, I don't mind working from home, you know. Just got a cosy setup here anyway, so. Yeah, and of course we've all been used to it, I think. Yeah, used to doing some of the late night shows, uh, especially when you're working across the pond and stuff you're you're talking quite late at night um so used to it by now there's no time zones when it comes to the internet yeah (laughs) well look thank you very much for joining us and uh, thank you to all our guests that are here um look uh, i described your role sarah as um brand ambassador Mm -hmm. but i i know you do an awful lot more than being brand ambassador and i suppose Maybe some of that is also due to the fact that we have been in in lockdown over the last two years and now thankfully we're out of it. But um, what's that been like? Yeah, um, so I started with the company almost two years ago now, which is, is quite hard to believe. Um, and it's it's never really been month on month the same. Every, every month has been different. Um, so yeah, I started as a brand ambassador really to start trying to uh, grow social media platforms, uh, start to get the brand out in, in Belfast City. Um, so it, it's been a, a great run. Like I've really enjoyed myself. I've really enjoyed how it's evolved over time as well. Um, we have like tons of new distribution. The brand has grown a lot since then, but with that comes new responsibilities. Um, yes started off and as a as quite a small team um and now we, we have more people who have entered so, some people who have moved on as well but um we do have new team members so uh like any small business everyone has to wear many hats and so so we, we all knock in and we all work together as, as a team yeah um, well maybe just to show then uh, the team members because uh let's see because i know some of them um and let me see if it allows me to share them. Um, uh, 
book. I'll come back to that in a bit. Um, having yes, difficulty comparing the pictures. But your team, yeah, could maybe describe the company structure and how it was formed and why it was formed and uh, what the ethos is behind the brand. As I mentioned, it is an old company or an old brand being revived, but by Belfast Distillery Company. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about Belfast Distillery Company. Yeah, of course. Um, so in 2017, this this idea started to you know uh, bring McConnell's Irish whiskey back to Belfast. It's a brand that was back was around from 1776 and traded right up until the 1930s. So it, it's a it's a brand that you know we have to respect and make sure that we're on our tradition. Um, so the idea was to bring back this this product, and obviously from there it developed into um, hiring people into the new team. Um, we have Roy Goodlad. He's our operations distillery operations manager, who's probably the longest running employee that we have. You know, he started back in back at day one, um, yeah. and then uh, there was other roles in the company, uh, and you know, we had some some sales, and, and especially our, our company in America, um, our sister company, Connecticut Brands. They they helped us a lot in the early days, which is why a lot of um, you know we have a good distribution there in in America. So. Um, the team has evolved very, very quickly since then. Uh, over the past, just over a year ago, we, we hired John Kelly, um, yes. who you might might know from. Uh, he was in Wall Street. He is in the middle, isn't he? Uh, yeah, that's that's John in the middle, looking, you know, the boss that he is, you know. Um, and then you have uh, myself there, um, and then Desi, who is is just second from the right. He's our new commercial manager. Um, okay. He started just around two months ago, but he's really hit the ground running. Um, super character, uh, you know, hits it off with everybody he meets, and and also has got a chance to meet all of the um, all of our distributors in, in Provine. So uh, I think he'll be super for for our company. Um, has great spirit as well, and, and loves the brand and loves Irish whiskey industry, but also loves Belfast and what we're doing. And then you have Roy there on the outside, on the right hand side, and he's our um, distillery operations manager but also our blender who you know sources the casks and chooses the liquids and the blend and also decides what what liquid we put on the shelves um so so you know Roy's been with the company as I said from day one and he's he's a super asset to us and then you have uh, Patrick there who's beside me he's our our new financial director um yeah. and you know he's got a, a amazing personality for a financial director you know he's, he's a great <laughs> Great one to have in the office. You know, he understands, um, you know, what we need to do in terms of marketing and branding and, and traveling. And uh, he's, he's a super asset to the team. So all together, though, there's five of us and, and we're, we're growing again. We're in the process of hiring um, hiring someone else through through Invest NI for the uh, graduate export team uh, scheme. Sorry. And they're going to help me out in terms of uh, the local market and then and then in the export market in the next six months or so. So yeah, we're, we're growing pretty quickly uh, from from what we were whenever I started in the role. Um, and as I said, it's it's the, the company will in another year look completely different again than whenever I started. So really yeah. excited and delighted to be part of it all. Brilliant, brilliant. And obviously, that's a photo there outside the Duke of York up in Belfast in the Cathedral Court. Yeah. And obviously, you, you, you're a true Belfast girl, born and bred in Belfast, and and very proud of your Belfast heritage, I know. So, I mean, we were talking about a lot of activity that's happening in Belfast around whiskey lately. I mean, you've, you've got great ambassadors for, for Irish whiskey over there. I mean, you've got the bars, you've got Willie Jack, you know, you have 
uh, the Belfast Whiskey Club with um, Paul O'Kane and Belfast Whiskey Week, and you've got Biddle's Bar, a great tradition of of whiskey in Belfast. What is it about Belfast that um, has made it such a hub of activity? And I suppose that has spread further afield now, you know, to outside Belfast. Mm-hmm. Well, I think Belf- you've been to Belfast. Sergio, you, you love Belfast City. I know that you do. Um, and a lot of that is down to being a city of, like, we're very welcoming. We love, we're very hospitable. Like the hospitality industry is wonderful. The hospitality industry is really growing and it's really strong. Um, we're really, really proud of our city and, and we want to really invite people into the city. And that lends itself to Irish whiskey. You know, um, whenever you go into any of the bars that really embrace Irish whiskey, the staff there are, are trained to know um you know, the different flavor profiles of whiskeys and to talk to to people and the customers coming in and to know exactly what what whiskeys to recommend, which I think is incredible. And um, they know their brands and they know what they're talking about and they love their whiskeys. So a big part of it is that. And and also, as you said, the Belfast Whiskey Club. Uh, I mean, nearly almost day one of of uh of my role, I joined Belfast Whiskey Club and the wealth of knowledge that I learned during that time, you know, it's a relaxed area. It's a relaxed group of people. Everyone really has their say and their time. And uh, we try some really fantastic whiskeys, whiskeys that I don't think I would ever try if I wasn't part of the club. So um, they definitely champion Irish whiskey as well, the the club and also Belfast Whiskey Club as, as, uh, sorry, Belfast Whiskey Week is also added to the publicity of Belfast and how much we embrace Irish whiskey. And then also you get um, the likes of Willie Jack and John Biddle and the way they they love their Irish whiskies. And you have Willie Jack's museum and how he promotes Irish whiskey. And he doesn't just promote one whiskey brand, you know, he promotes them all. And he really wants to see that grow. Um, And I think anytime you speak to Willie Jack or you speak to Paul O'Hare in the Duke of York or John Biddle, they're they're really welcoming to to bring new brands in and also brands from the North. So I, I, I felt that me entering the industry two years ago as someone who hadn't worked in the industry before, I was definitely welcomed with with open arms. Yeah. And then it's, it's also worth noting that, you know, even in the likes of New York with the guys from the Dead Rabbit, Sean and Jack, they championed, they championed Irish whiskey for a number of years there, which also brought that popularity in places outside of Belfast and promoted the Belfast culture for people to come and visit us. So yeah. you do, you, you see that you get a lot of people coming in from hospitality, from, uh, no, sorry, from tourism and hospitality in, in different countries. And they've heard about Belfast. They, they want to come and they nearly already know what to expect, but anyone you speak to after a visit from Belfast, absolutely love the city. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I can't speak highly enough of Belfast. I mean, the, the hospitality there, the variety of bars, the welcome people give you, the warmth, you know, and, uh, you know, a very safe, very interesting city. And, you know, having lived there for six years, you know, I certainly uh, found it difficult to leave. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, uh, I come and go not as frequently lately, but yeah. So I'm looking forward to going back up there and absolutely fantastic bars that yeah. I'd encourage it's anybody. Well, you know, even from pre-COVID times, you can see as it's opening up, um, specifically the Irish whiskey, things are changing. Like, um, yeah. I see that uh, Finn is watching us here and she does her her uh, whiskey tours. Uh, she yeah, started she with, yeah. with yeah, Delphine. 
Yeah, what she's doing is, I think, is fabulous. You know, she's she's bringing people around the streets of Belfast and showing them all those wonderful elements of history that I find so fascinating to learn about. So things like that are definitely, um, you know, more and oh, more. She's a, she's a true whiskey lover and a real fanatic on, on whiskey and very, very knowledgeable. So I've been and best of luck with the package that's arriving. In a, in a few months. So, look, it's great to have um, so many faces that uh, and names that are recognised there. But, sir, just going back to you, you mentioned, um, you know, growing up uh, and living in Belfast and, and not coming from uh, a drinks background. Well, what was it that uh, attracted you to the role and uh, take on board that? Um, well... It's hard to, to know what wouldn't attract you to the road because it's just such a, when I heard about the opportunity, it was just absolutely, I had to have it. I had, I had to go for it. I, I was so excited. Um, but previous to, you know, working, I, I came from a finance background. Um, and previous to that, there was like, there were, there was so much hype going on about, um, about whiskey, Irish whiskey, and it was up and coming and it was growing. And you were hearing about it in the media. You're also hearing about it in the industry. And um, my the office that I worked in was actually just around the corner there from, from the commercial court in the Duke of York. So you could see it happening. Um, yeah. And then also uh, my partner, Andrew, does a lot of the insurances for some of the distilleries in and, in and around um, the north. And and you, you could see these these distilleries coming to the fore and, you know, they were starting to build and uh, whiskey, obviously the gin industry had really boomed and that whiskey was coming next. And so whenever we, we went to um, Whiskey Live Dublin uh, a, f- a few years back, actually it was 2019, and you could see all of these brands really coming from from Northern Ireland and from the south of Ireland and and. I we met McConnell's there. Well, Andrew knew who they were, but I had I met McConnell's there, um, and I tried the whiskey, and I just thought it was fabulous. And then I I heard a bit about the story and and what was coming in the future, um, and I was at the launch party f- for McConnell's, and I was I was just so excited to hear about it. Not even out of the interest of working for the company, but just because it would be part of our city and part of the positivity and and the the growth of hospitality and tourism in Belfast. So. Whenever I got the opportunity to come work for the brand, I, I just was was absolutely over the moon. I, I really didn't even have to consider it for very long. I was I was so excited to join the company. Um, yeah. and it's a very brave move, if you like, and a very diverse move. I mean, it's it's a lifestyle to change completely. You know, going from finance yeah. to uh, going to into the drinks industry. Of course, finance is in everything, but you know. Um, a real lifestyle choice change. You have to, I mean, I have worked in hospitality before and I know that um, hospitality, there's a lot of that in my role. And you yeah. what you, ha- you have to, it, it can take its toll on you as well. Uh, it's, it's quite tiring. But at the same time, when you're really passionate about something, um, it's a lot easier than if, if it's something that you're not passionate about. And I absolutely love McConnell's and I love Belfast. Yeah. Um, but you're right in what you're saying. It, it was a it was a brave move in terms of um, I, I was in a finance role. I'd been working in finance for almost six years. And yeah. I also have a um, at the time had a, a six year old daughter. My daughter's now eight. Um, yeah. And that also the, the travel element of my role and also some of the late night working and juggling time with family was also a big thing to consider but um i've managed it really well and i managed to incorporate that that side of my my personal life into my job and um 
I, I don't think it's I'd ever look back. I, I, I love what I do. Yeah, well, it comes through, Sarah. I have to say, it really comes through. There's John now. Good evening, John. Great to hear you. One of my real favourite bars, I have to say, Biddle's Bar in Belfast is just a fantastic bar. I, I passed by John's bar every morning for a, a couple of years, so he's probably sick of me. But uh, <laughs> we just see too, Although I'm going to torture him in the morning, so um, hope he's ready for me. Yeah, we've got people from all over. We've got Dahi, but John Malios from Greece, and Connor Winders as well. But uh, it's great to have people back, and it's great to be back. But look, yeah. the um, the business that you have, as you mentioned, it was a, a big lifestyle change, and and of course with the travel element and and you know the ban that there was on travel, I suppose as well, that would have made the balancing, I suppose, looking after your own children and um, the role pretty difficult but uh you you had support uh, i assume as well and yeah. you managed to juggle juggle both and so congratulations on that um just going on to the brand then itself i just want to i have a couple of slides here from the old distillery and mm-hmm. uh, this is the old Cromac brewery it was called but i mean it's a site close to the bottom of the raven hill road i used to walk past it fairly fairly regularly and there's nothing left of it. <laughs> That's the kind yeah. of uh, absolutely. You know, un- unlike um, other cities, Belfast was rich enough city to actually, when it wanted to demolish something and remove something, it could do it completely and not leave any remnants behind. Uh-huh. But, um, so, tell us a little bit about the the brand. And this was the McConnell's from I think it was J and J McConnell's from the Cromac Distillery that was produced, isn't it? It was, yeah. Uh, I mean, just going back a wee bit for, before the, the distillery, that the distillery there, the, uh, the Cromac Brewery or the Cromac Distillery you're speaking of, and yeah. um, it goes back really to the 1700s when, whenever the McConnell's family, um, you know, that they were, you know, spirit dealers, spirit grocers, um, before they were distillers. So. Yeah. The family would have been in in the in the trade for for a long time before the distillery was actually built, and that's where the brand from 1776 comes from. Uh, that the McConnells family um, had that brand from 1776 right up until um, sort of John um, Hugh McConnell, who's John and James's father. Yeah. He passed away quite young, and so Eleanor McConnell is is the mother of James, John and James McConnell, and. And she actually uh, was listed as a rectifying distiller at the time in the eighteen hundreds uh, because her her sons were very young, so she took over the business. Yeah. Um, and then whenever John and James were were old enough, they built a distillery in the Cromac uh, the Cromac Distillery in the Raven Hill Road, which was uh, really just the time Belfast was yeah. a huge producer of Irish whiskey, and the demand was so high, so they built this distillery um, and they produced. Uh, millions of gallons of Irish whiskey. Um, they had three bonded warehouses in and around Belfast City. And they yeah. they they were very, very close to Commercial Court Hill Street there. Um, one of them was actually in, in Dunbar Street, um, which is just v- very close to the friend at hand, just outside Common Market. If anyone knows Belfast, that, that's where it is. Um, and they had, you know, a warehouse that stored half a million gallons of Irish whiskey in a city setting, which I just think is really incredible. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, they they uh, they suffered a fire at that bonded warehouse, and and at the time, 
realistically looking back on, on all of the history during the time, including prohibition and, and wars and, and a ton of like the invention of the continuous still, Kofi still in Scotland, I think that was one of their biggest downfalls was was the fire that they had in, in Dunbar Street. Yeah. They, they did get back up and running and, and they were in the media a lot to say, you know, this isn't going to bring us down and this isn't, you know, we're, we're going to get back up on our feet again. Um, but and, and they did get back on, the, on their feet, but they did uh, trade until the mid-1930s. And at that stage, uh, the McConnells family had actually all left the business and it was, there was no longer any, any McConnells in the family. And the company was wound up in, in, 1940, in 1948. Right. So they did. there was a long history with the McConnells family and, and the brand um, for for. 125 years but uh then that the, the the brand did die off for yeah. for um, for up right up until um we brought it back there in 2019 yeah i mean there's, there's a lot of um you know, like bonders bottlers and uh, there were distilleries of course but i think the chromac distillery as far as i know was the only one producing pure pot still or pot still irish whiskey at the time and um you know, the, there were a number of brands from what I could see that came out of that. And if I just go through there, there's an original, well, not an original, certainly a very old <laughs> McConnell's Irish whiskey. And I think that came up at a for auction maybe 10 years ago. I remember there being a huge fuss about it that it could fetch 8,000 euro or something, right? You know, but... Nowadays, you'd be glad to get your hands on that bottle, but uh, that specific bottle is is in the in the Duke of York. No, sorry, in the friend at hand uh, with that case. With it, that, that that case comes with it. I actually, I was in there um, early doors with Paul O'Hare um, during like just as COVID restrictions had lifted. Right. And, um, he took the box out, and it's a solid solid box for a bottle of whiskey to come in. So it's an yeah. incredible collector's item, um, and it is one of the original. Uh, the original McConnell's Irish whiskey bottles. That's it. That's that's it there. Yeah. Oh, is that the actual one in the? Yeah, and you can see the box behind it there. Right. Okay. I mean, there's no finer collection of whiskey memorabilia than what uh, Willie Jack has. You know, either at the Prenda Hand or the Duke of York or or his uh, store there as well. It's it's unbelievable what he has. That from mirrors to bottles to mirror. Uh, to jugs and everything else. It's just phenomenal. Phenomenal. Uh, okay, so we mentioned the brand McConnell's and, and it was, you know, uh, of a very high standard and had a great reputation around the world. Unfortunately, like many, many brands, it, it met its demise in the um, in the mid-1930s. Mm -hmm. But what was it specifically about McConnell's that the Belfast Distillery Company uh, wanted to, what attracted them to that particular brand to go with? I think if you look into all of the older brands, um, I think the fact that, you know, they had that Chromac distillery and that footprint, plus yeah. you could actually see the um, elements of the McConnell's brand on the walls in, in a lot of the bars in Belfast, but also further afield. Um, you've seen a lot of memorabilia even even in America and across the water in um in in Europe there's there's tons of the uh mirrors and the memorabilia around from the brand and it's a, it's a fascinating uh brand that we wanted to bring back to the city of Belfast we we are building a distillery in Belfast so we wanted to honor a brand and bring it back and almost look after that brand 
and yeah. and not let that history die. So yeah. the McConnell's brand, whenever there was, you know, different ideas and, and different uh basically around what what product we were going to bring and then what the whiskey is going to be like. We felt that that one fitted really well. Um, and I think we did a great job because I think it really works. Um, and I think everyone who works for the brand and anyone who's got on board with the brand understands why bring back an old historic brand of the city. Um, yeah. So I, I'm glad we did it. I'm glad that we have honoured an old, old brand. And I've also really enjoyed looking into the, the history and, and the, those elements into Belfast City because it brings all of those memories back. You know, all of that history that was lost brings it all back again into, into contemporary Belfast. Yeah. Well, I have the, I have, well, you have two bottles, but I'll, I'll get the first release. And it's a good thing I, I wasn't uh, doing the typical Zoom thing and just wearing shorts. But anyway, um, so obviously this is your, your, your first release, the McConnell's, uh, and that's a pure bourbon uh, cask finish. But in terms of the design, and I'm sure people have had a look or people will get a chance to have a look. It's very sympathetic in the design, the bottle design and the labeling to the original. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it's still pretty contemporary in terms of design, in terms of the bottle itself. But um, is is that one of the key points about it is that it does want to be truthful to its past and yeah. uh, still attract a new audience? Is that more tricky when it's a historic brand to get a new audience? Well, it's it, it it depends on how you look at it. Yeah. Um, I think with a with an his, with a historic brand, you have all these elements of the brand that it's harder to you know don't have a clean a clean slate and a clean canvas. And designers can't just you know work on a, on a brand new product, new product development. You have to make sure that you're honouring the brand. And so yeah. I think our label really does that very well. Um, we have here the label we've seen the old bottle it's very very similar yeah. um, but also the bottle design the bottle shape looking at it it looks like a contemporary bottle but it also has little elements of history on it too like yeah. even the neck of the bottle is is um meant to be modeled more like what an old whiskey bottle would have been like it looks a bit more bespoke and not um you know it's not standard as I would yes. say, you know, the yeah. bottle is completely different at the top here with the decanter and the cork and the real cork. Then you also get down here, um, the bottle has this little crevice in it um, that it means the bottle is shaped like a pill capsule. And the reason oh. behind that is because um, the whiskey brand itself, the old whiskey used to have little recommendations from doctors here. Um, and obviously when we brought that label back, we kept this design, but we yeah. didn't, couldn't put the doctor's recommendations on because number one, they don't exist anymore to recommend, recommend our product. Yeah. And it's probably not, the, you know, putting doctor's recommendations on the bottle is probably not recommended. Um, so we, we shaped the bottle a bit like a pill capsule. And then we also added this uh, little element, this little metal element to, to kind of show the industrial side of Belfast city and a bit mm. of a nod to the docks of the city. And the reason why Belfast is so industrial, um, yeah and has been way back until the 1700s. So just little, little elements, little bottle designs that when you look at it, you recognize it. And it, if you look at some of the old mirrors and the old memorabilia, this logo is very, very similar. But there's also all of these other little elements of the bottle that really 
our, our identity and our new identity and our, our contemporary self. Yeah. I have to say, I mean, the bottle design itself punches well above his price point. It is, there's a lot gone into it and it's very contemporary. And I love it. You know, it's a real cork. It's got that brass label and, and all the details. But of course, it's important what's in the bottle, Sarah. Yeah. So maybe you can tell us about the contents and. Uh, of course. So uh, this is our first release. Um, and it's it's a release that uh, we did a launch party the other day, and I, I sort of said it's been my best friend. You know, it's been with me through thick and thin over the past two years, um, and I just think it's a fabulous whiskey. So it's a forty two percent ABV um, blended Irish whiskey of Irish grain and Irish malt, yeah. um, and it's aged in first fill ex bourbon barrels uh, for a, a minimum of five years. We put the age statement on the bottle. Yeah. Um, but it has those uh, fresh notes on the nose, um, like ripe fruits, like freshly cut melon and stone fruits. Yeah, yeah. Notes of honey off it. Yeah, you get the honey off it too. and uh, Citrus. The citrus notes too, which makes it really versatile in terms of mixes and cocktails and, and i do i do like a cocktail i'm not ashamed to admit it i absolutely love cocktails, especially whiskey cocktails i find that it's it's very complex to make a whiskey cocktail and people who can do it right are just on fabulous so yeah well look slauncher i can't look at it anymore i have to <laughs> and i just i'm sipping out of uh, my branded to a glass that i love rosie and i i think um she's been fabulous to work with from day one so uh, Sancha to Rosie too. Sancha, Sancha. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's great. 42% is, you know, there's a lot of talk about having higher ABVs. But this uh, ABV actually suits this particular whiskey and I'm sure it makes it more versatile for cocktails. Um, yeah. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about, about cocktails later on because obviously um, through the lockdown period, people have been very interested in making their own cocktails at home. And I, I know that uh, you're you know certainly sharing some recipes with uh, with people so maybe we can come back and visit that as well but uh, yeah, yeah as a brand sarah and you know your, your role is really to convince people to to at least try mm-hmm. your brand and you know trying it and then getting repeat business i guess uh, is the challenge i suppose getting onto the the bar stores over the last years has been pretty irrelevant um until now but uh, what are the challenges of being a brand ambassador and, and trying to convince people to actually taste your whiskey? And of course, I'd imagine that's a little bit more difficult not having a, a distillery or does it make any difference at all? Um, it really depends on on who you're speaking to, um, yeah. because there's a lot of people in Ireland and in Belfast and across the world, really, who aren't as um, knowledgeable about Irish whiskey as well. So they wouldn't necessarily ask the question about the distillery. But the the people who who follow Irish whiskey um, and who are aware of of the renaissance of Irish whiskey and the new distilleries that are being built, they do ask the question a lot, you know, and some people even ask, you know, to five-year-old whiskey, how if you don't have the distillery, you know, you do get those questions, but it's all about how you approach that question and, and your honesty. You have to be super honest in this industry. Um, you need to let them know that 
we do source our whiskey, um, like many other brands source whiskey. And I think even whenever we build our distillery, we'll be sourcing um, our grain whiskey. So sure. it's something that we'll continue to do. Um, mm-hmm. And it's something that a lot of people in the whiskey, Irish whiskey industry do. And in, in other industries too, um, blending is, is is huge and different, different um, like the bourbon market or tequila market or, or many other spirits around the world. Yeah. So I don't think it's the fact that you do source I think it's 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 when whiskey is sourced and it's kind of promoted as being their own. That's when there are difficulties. But I think you've yeah, been very transparent with everything from day one, which is great to see. And you know, and it wasn't always the case that brands were that transparent. I think as well, telling people the story of of the um the distillery common is is one of the most fun parts of it. You know, it's to say you're you're starting to we're you're introducing this whiskey brand that is two years old and yeah. in this grand scheme of a, of a whiskey brand's life that's very very young so sure. um you're talking a decade you know or, or at least seven years before we get you know some of our pro this product this five-year-old blended whiskey with the uh, with the malt into the bottle um yeah. so it's it's a it's all about following our brand and, and following um, what's next for us and, and what's coming next. So the way I, I say when I speak to new people and I speak to people who are maybe a little bit more skeptical is just tell them a little bit of the story. Be friendly, um, be resilient as well, because you're going to get tons of no's and, and tons of people who are skeptical. Um yeah. But I just feel sometimes whenever you're really passionate about something, and especially me, when I'm passionate about something, whether it's anything, I will sell it till the cows come home. So um, I I think just a lot of consistency and a lot of honesty really is how you approach that with with, with new buyers. I think that reflects the brand as well. I mean, uh, Big Al, good evening, Al, how are you? Um, From up your neck of the woods is... uh, saying that yeah, honesty is the key and quality in the bottle shines through. And it does. It is a quality whiskey. I really enjoy it. Um, yeah. Really well presented and really well delivered at a great price point, which is important, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, Finn, a favourite of mine, our the history of the bottle. And, and the thing is, there is a history behind it as well. And you mentioned that you, um, I know planning permission has gone in, I think it's been approved even for a distillery to be built up, up uh-huh. north. And uh, hopefully we'll see that happening soon. But it, we're still talking five to seven years before we see, you know, most of the liquid from from that distillery. But is, is there an ethos about what type of whiskey you want to produce? Uh, we, we talked before, and you're very much keen on the experimentation side and, and trying new things. But would you be producing still? Would be producing single malt? The plan would be to we only three potstills in, in the distillery, and we'll be making single malt Irish whiskey. Okay. Um, that that's what the plan is going to be, uh, and you know we that distillery will be built. You know, uh, as you said there, about the plan and approval. It's just. Um, a waiting game, really. Uh, we we we're we're building a distillery in uh, in a very historical location, um, yeah. and with that comes uh, you know a lot of a lot a lot more steps along the journey. Um, but we're really really close, and the distillery will be built. Um, and once we get those pot stills up and running, and we're we're having liquid come from the stills, like you said, we'll have to age that liquid. And in that time frame, 
we have, you know, more innovation coming, more expressions, um, and we will be showcasing maybe some some of our liquids in, in closer to five or seven years from now. But um, we have a full future ahead of us, so I'm really excited about that. Yeah, sorry, Sarah. I've kind of half disappeared only because I've run out of power. So <laughs> no, you it's okay. My, you saved my bacon there for a bit. <laughs> yeah, I just Excellent. kept talking. Oh, I didn't hear it from there. You spoke. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's always something. But uh, Marcus is there as well. So I don't know if Marcus. So look, that was your first release and it, very successful it was. And you took that around the world. And I think it's yeah. done. I think it's done very well, actually, uh, um, particularly well received abroad as well as at home. But uh, I think it's done well in the States and uh, in key European markets. And we'll yeah. talk about as a brand ambassador, what kind of key markets there are and how you reach them. Um, so obviously... The island of Ireland is a, is a key market, I'd, I'd imagine, in terms of building brand awareness. Uh-huh. But in terms of getting that brand out there internationally, what have been the challenges and, and how do you do that? And in particular, is it more difficult to do because you're based up north with the Brexit issues and so forth? Or uh-huh. is, is that not really a, an issue at all? I think we haven't really been affected by Brexit, if I'm completely honest. Um, I think COVID was one of the biggest issues that we had in terms of travel, because when you're a new brand, um, one of the biggest things for for the export market is trade shows and getting yourself in front of distributors, because the the personal touch of a face-to-face meeting is is, is just priceless. Um, But I think because the whole world was locked down and everyone kind of got used to the um, the Zoom calls and the educations online. We were really quick to get online um, yeah. and really quick to set up distributor meetings um, and educations. And we built our assets in terms of visuals. Uh, we made sure our brand message was really strong. Um, yeah. And as soon as we could get up and running in those trade shows again, we went to them. Like um, we went to BCB last year, and I know a lot of brands didn't go because the scale was a lot smaller. But it was so beneficial for us. Um, we met a ton of distributors while we were there. Um, we met new people. We also met some of the distributors that that we had. Um, yeah. And we got that face-to-face meet and that conversation going. So I think um, in terms of Brexit, no, there hasn't been uh, much of an, an issue with us. Uh, but COVID was probably one of the biggest hurdles that we had. Um, and we found quite a strong way around it because we we got distribution across Europe. Obviously, we were quite strong in, in America. Um, we're in Australia and then we're, we're also just, just got into Canada there. And we yeah. have a new distributor in, in the UK. Um, and we'll also have, uh, you know, we're working closer with Irish malts as well. So so next week we should have uh, our our sherry finish there too, our next release with Irish malts. Yeah. So it's it's really, you know, we're going from strength to strength. Um and the business is, is growing pretty rapidly, which is why we're growing our team pretty yeah. pretty fast in the in the past few months. But that's where your role has developed, Sarah, if it, um if I'm not mistaken, in terms of not just pure brand ambassador role, you play a very strong hand in the well you're almost the face of the brand, if I might say so, in terms of the social media and in terms of presence online. Certainly, you play a big role there. And then, are you part of the branding teams and marketing team then as well, or is just yeah. being a small team? You do a bit of everything. I think my my main role has sort of evolved into working with um, the brands and the marketing side of things. You know, I I work quite closely with our um, our 
design agencies. Um, yeah. We're actually just redeveloping our website, which is going to go live next week as well. So that's been a, a ton of work for me. And then also organizing the launch party and organizing the launch event. Um, you know, we all have defined roles in the company, but my biggest role really is the is the branding and the marketing and, and what you see um, on social media and what you'll see going forward in terms of our advertising. And yeah. it's just incredibly exciting to be part of that. Um, you know, when you see something that you've you've been a part of from from scratch, it's yeah. just an overwhelming sense of pride, really, Sergio. So yeah. I'm I'm loving that aspect of my role, and I also love the education piece and and also and the being on trade and and meeting the likes of uh, uh, all of the key key trade partners in Northern yeah. Ireland. Um, that's where my main market is 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 based, um, yeah. and I've also got to travel to different countries where I've never been before and um it's been really exciting too. So yeah. just there, there's so many from my role that I love. Yeah, I saw you had a big trip in the States there. Was it earlier in the year? Towards the uh, beginning of the year you had it, you know, all over the States. So how did yeah. yeah. I was there in February and it was it was five days of just like intense working but just stuff that I loved you know I was meeting new people people were really enthusiastic and they loved listening about the brand and about Belfast because Belfast is actually pretty hot at the minute in New York with the Belfast movie coming out and everyone wants to know about the city and um, people love to hear about you know I know a lot of people ask about the troubles and stuff but they also love to hear about how we've moved on from that and um, I think people are, are all ears and then also an on top of that, we have Irish whiskey, which is on the up too. It's, you know, yeah. growing rapidly, one of the like, fastest growing spirits in the world. And people are, are opening their ears to Irish whiskey. Um, and then on, on top of that, it was just, I was very enthusiastic and I was really on a high and people maybe just were, <laughs> were running on my on my enthusiasm. Yeah. Um, but it was a very, very successful five days. Um and I actually got to uh, call, I got to visit the Dead Rabbit as well, which I've been a bit of a fan girl about. So I got to meet the guys from there, which was which was brilliant. I loved that. Um, so I got to do some things that I was excited to do as I was excited to see, um, and I also got to to see Total Wine for the first time, and was completely taken taken back by how large these <laughs> sure. these alcohol retailers were. So completely incredible. Yeah, I mean they're like big supermarkets. You know, it's like going to Tesco. It's not a Tesco <laughs> Express. It's certainly the big one. But um, yeah, I saw one. I remember seeing one photo of uh, outside McConnell's uh, bar. Was it one of the bars? It was actually called McConnell's. It was called sure. Belfast. It was actually Belfast. It was yeah. called Belfast, and it was a funny story. When I walked in there, um, you know, I met the guys. Uh, the the owners and they were just so excited to see someone from Belfast, which was brilliant. You know, it was so welcoming, uh, and they just ended up calling all their friends and and saying, you know, Sarah's gonna call in and and would you take on McConnell's? And you know, we ended up selling so much Irish whiskey that you do sell in Belfast, but it's a lot smaller scale, so sure. it was not what I was used to. So yeah. whenever I walked out of there, I was like, wow, that's incredible. The amount of sales that you get just from one visit. Um, but I know that the scale of, of the States is a, is a lot bigger. Um, course, but it was yeah. also great to see the enthusiasm and they wanted to hear about Belfast and they were all ears. Yeah. I have to say, I mean, as a brand, you punch well, well above your above your size in terms of the, the brand, you know, and the number of people you have. It's a... Uh, it really has got good, uh, great brand recognition now. And I think particularly 
maybe in the states where there's more Irish expats and so forth. But well, that was one of the questions I wanted to ask you. Actually, is how different is it selling into say Germany than it is selling into the US? Uh, are are the people's tastes different? Do they you know prefer cocktails or what are the differences between selling into different markets? Um, so different markets would you know traditionally have their favorite spirits and um, yeah. and also there would be markets that would maybe not have much of a cocktail culture um and also not have an irish whiskey culture maybe they they're more um into scotches and scotch whiskey is is bigger where they are or, or even their own they're you know not as much into spirits but yeah. i do think that with america because the Irish whiskey industry is growing so fast um, yeah. and because a lot of people from America love their Irish heritage too. Um, I just, I find it easy, not easier, but different selling, selling to people in the States. So, and, and you have to remember that I've only been to um, BCB uh, in terms of direct sales face-to-face so yeah. I got a chance to go to America face-to-face and I always think that when you're sitting in front of someone they're a lot more receptive to you so I'd probably be able to answer your question a little bit better this time next year after all of the trips that you know I'm going on in the tail end of the year where so I'm, you told me some of the places that you're going and I'm very jealous really but yeah it, that's going to be a great few months now coming up and and actually a lot of the fairs are opening up again, so obviously uh, Whiskey Live, if anybody hasn't got their ticket yet to Whiskey Live in Dublin, uh, there's still time. I think June the 10th, is it? It's kicking off. And yeah, you have the good fortune of being in the stand next to me, Sarah. As I, can't wait. In- <laughs> I can't wait. We're going to muck in together, Sergius. And- oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Um, come at take some oh you can come stand at our stand i'll stand at your stand well, that's a pair swap i'll supply the paper you supply the drink and we'll be yeah fine. i'll cover your coffee bricks and you can <laughs> you know it's great to be back at live shows and like you say yeah, meeting people in, in in reality is really great so yeah um, i'm actually so excited to go to whiskey live i've, I've only ever been as a consumer and yeah. you know people tell me it's a wonderful show to be at and it's also really hard work but yeah. I love that sort of fast-paced environment, so I'm, I'm very excited to get down and also to meet people from the other brands that I've, I've met um, online and, and that I, I've, I follow on social media. It'd be great to meet meet everybody. So yeah, well, tell me, do you, in terms of um, other brand ambassadors and other brands, do you have a good? Well, I'm not going to say good rapport, but do you? I mean, discuss things much? Do you? You know share resources? Do you communicate, or or is it strictly very competitive? Well, I was actually having this conversation a few weeks back, actually, with um, a guy, you know, Ronan Collins, don't you? Oh, I know Ronan, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a super guy, you know, um, yeah. brilliant ambassador of Irish whiskey. Um, and I was chatting to him about how, in my role, I have been, you know, re- I've reached out to many brand ambassadors and they've all given me advice and um, I'd be quite friendly with a lot of them. You know, I, I even, we did an event uh, in bootleggers in Belfast for International Women's Day and teamed up with uh, Lauren from Bushmills and, and that was that was really, yeah that, that's us there it's, it's uh, you know I'm like the tall the tall girl and, and Lauren's <laughs> the smallest girl so you see us out together it's, it's pretty funny um, so <laughs> I'm about I was wearing heels there and I'm about 6'1 in my heels and uh, Lauren I, 
I, I don't know exactly what height she is, but she's definitely smaller than me. So it's quite funny. But um, we work really well together with great personalities. And I, I actually value Lauren as a friend as well. Um, yes. And although, you know, they're, we work for different brands and um, a lot of us work very autonomously and on our own. So you meet people out uh, in the industry and on trade uh, and everyone's very welcoming. So I do yeah. feel that I've made friends in terms of other brand ambassadors um, yeah. and I know I'll make some more again. Um, and I think that that's something that, you know, is wonderful in the Irish whiskey industry, you know, over the number of, over the past two years, you know, not just brand ambassadors, but uh, like of uh, Brandon from Cologne has been really supportive of me. You know, the guys up in Copeland have been really supportive. And I've just, you know, definitely enjoyed my time. And, and Jamie from Hinch, you know, they're all my friends. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't really see them as competition. Um, they're all people. I'd have built like a massive rapport with them. So um, yeah. I think the brand ambassadors at the minute that we have in the Irish whiskey industry are absolutely super. Yeah. Of course, we're the face of the brand as well, and uh, it's great to see that there is that communication and the rapport, I suppose, between you. Is it, um, you know, would you say that as a, a whiskey industry, there is, there are differences between the brands up north and the ones uh, down south? Uh, do you know, I've been asked this question frequently recently, and not necessarily. Um, yeah. I mean, I think... The, the all of the distilleries that are in and all the brands that are in the north are all very unique themselves mm-hmm. you know they all have their own thing um and I, I find that too in the south as well you know we are we are a, a, an old industry but we're quite young and youthful and and you know growing yeah. so I, I I wouldn't put a massive differentiation on on north feet like and south but yeah. you know that might change and I do think that there'll be different like you have in 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 Scotland, you know, you have different styles of Irish whiskey and, and no, sorry, of Scotch whiskey. Maybe over time, it will evolve into different styles and, you know, there'll be differences between different distilleries or different areas like Dublin, mm-hmm. Belfast, Cork. But at the minute, I, I do feel that there's a there's a bit, big unity in the Irish whiskey industry. Yeah, I have to say, I, I do sense that particularly Belfast, I mean, there are a couple of cities that obviously... You know, uh, if you take Dublin and Cork, they're huge centres for Irish whiskey. But in terms of enthusiasm levels, you know, for Irish whiskey, Belfast is up at the very top. You know, I mean, um, you know, based on the size of its population, but Belfast has a real appetite and a real interest in in the whiskey, both historically and what's happening new. So I think you have more real whiskey fans up in Belfast and then than the rest of Ireland almost. You know, it's quite incredible, even from the bars. But, you know, like, like you say, from to be able to have its own, you know, show that, that happens up there and, and a whole week of Belfast Whiskey Week, it's quite phenomenal. Yeah, and I, ho- I hope this year, you know, people do visit the city because there's that opportunity to see what we've all been talking about yeah, <laughs> over the past absolutely. number of years, you know. Um, I actually uh, had a launch party the, the other night for the sherry uh, cast finish and um, there was a guy Drew who came and uh, you know, he does whiskey lore and he, he he's from America but he's he was visiting all of the distilleries in yeah. Ireland um, and he came to Belfast and, and I kind of I showed him around because I'd been t- talking to him on a pod- podcast about all of these different parts of the city and the history and, and it was really good to actually show 
what where yeah. these are and 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 you know we've got Finn in the audience there. I'm sure like she'd be really excited to see all of the tourists come and for her to actually share all of that uh, research that she's done. Yeah. Um, so it, it it I think that once people start coming to visit the city, I, I hope especially during Belfast Whiskey Week that people actually come and visit uh, and and see what we're talking about. Yeah, no, do if you get an opportunity to visit Belfast, and I know I actually have a friend of mine over from Canada at the moment, and he's doing a Hi. tour, and he's planning to spend three or four days up in Belfast. So I might put you in touch with him when he's over. <laughs> but um, yeah, do. so um, you mentioned the sherry cask, and it would be terrible of me not to mention the, the sherry cask. So um, you very yeah. kindly, I don't know if this is available in the stores yet. Is it? Yeah, well, it's available um, in most of the uh, stores in, in Northern Ireland, but in the South will be available with Irish malts. Um, yeah. So as I said, that should be available next week. Um, and we hope that, you know, we will move down down to the South of Ireland pretty soon. And, and obviously as we grow, but it's just down, down in the South, there's a lot of brands there that are building their brands. And so... Yeah. In order to to really build our brand the way we want to, we have to think about what we're going to do in the yeah. south of Ireland as well. Um, so for the minute, I think carry out will carry out will have it in, you know, carry out with uh, with John. Yeah. But um, in terms of stores widespread, it's not going to be as available as it is up in the north. But you can get it online in Irish malts. Yeah. Well, that's a, look, uh, thank you very much for sending this down. It. Uh has been opened and we'll go through it now. So it, essentially it's the same liquids there uh, uh, as what is in the bourbon one with the yeah. difference being finished for how long in Oloroso Sherry? Just over nine months in yeah. Oloroso Sherry. We actually, I, I had the pleasure of actually filling a few of the casks myself. So I saw, well, look, I mean, the difference in, in color alone, you know, uh -huh. You can see there, there's a huge difference in the color. So it's just interesting uh, what a sherry cask can can do to a liquid. Yeah, um, absolutely. Only after nine months. So there's there's a few, couple of noticeable differences. Well, the big one being that um, this is punching at forty six percent. Yeah. You know, so um, and uh, non chill filtered as well. So um, yeah, we we decided to go with the forty six percent ABV. Um, <laughs> Because we wanted it to be the product to be non-chill filtered, yeah. um, and it was just the best way to make sure that that was done right. Um, it also adds some complexity to to the. Uh, we tried it at a few different ABVs. We tried a cast strength. We tried it at forty seven, um, and I think that forty six percent is at the sweet spot. Um, and you know, it's as I said, it's non-chill filtered, so it, it changes the mouthfeel as well. Um, yeah. But. If anyone has it in front of them, they'll notice the the nose and the different characteristics that you get straight away on the whiskey. Yeah, yeah. You know, it has the Oloroso sherry uh, casks that we had actually had uh, Oloroso sherry in them for a long time. I think Roy had said our distillery operations, or well, the guy who, who did all of the source cask, cask the cask sourcing and blending had said yeah. that they're true Oloroso sherry casks um, yeah. and so they give off a lot of characteristics of the Oloroso sherry that was in there before the whiskey um, so you get leather notes but you also get the the dry um, dried fruits and figs and chocolate I get a lot of chocolate on the nose yeah I get walnuts and figs or, as well 
Yeah. I guess everybody gets something different. Uh, Akers is asking, uh, is that a sherry cask from uh, Hogshead or a Spanish butt? Um, I'm not I'm not one to answer questions I don't know the answer to, so I don't actually know the answer to that question, but yeah. I will find that out and I will get back to you and I'll answer the question. But um, they are ex-sherry casks that yeah. um, are also sherry that the, the sherry was in there for, I think, 20 years or just over 20 years. I'd imagine it's, I'd imagine it's a Spanish boat, but uh, you, you can't be sure. You know, it could even have come from Spain and been in America. I'll ask Roy and, and Roy can get back to you. Or I'll, I'll pop it on the comment section tomorrow. Yeah. It's amazing the difference though, isn't it, between the two? Um, and are these going to be, well, I presume with the higher ABV, it'll come in at a little bit more pricey point. Yeah, so... Um, in the, in in the north, uh, the original blend is uh, thirty five pounds, um, yeah. and the sherry cask finish is forty pounds. Yeah, still um, great value. Still great value. Yeah, what they are. It makes that up, but it's it's a super super liquid. Um, yeah. I think it's fab for for a five year old liquid with with nine months in all the Russell sherry cask. So really really proud of this. Um, I think all of the team. In, in McConnell's are super proud of this uh, and we will it's kind of a what's coming in the future um, I mean John John Kelly who started who's our CEO he um, has spent this past year really we've all been thinking what are we going to do next what's coming next and um, I think when he joined the company that's when we started you know making making these decisions into what what liquids we're going to rest in, in different source casks and so yeah. uh, sorry in source casks and we we've actually laid down another whiskey um which we're i can't really share much on it but that should be at the tail end of this year and we're, we're really excited about that one so we'll have something for christmas <laughs> if it all goes well well i know there's huge difficulties i mean even we're getting huge difficulties even and the costs have increased in, incredibly um for paper and bottles and cardboard and all that and you know that might last for a while longer. Um, yeah, I mean it's just a, it's the cost of energy prices. It's it's fuel really increasing all of the prices and um, everything from from glass in the bottle. And we have a ton of glass in our bottle. Um, yeah. It's quite heavy. The, the price of corks, labels, yeah. everything is 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 increasing. Um, but. You know, it's it's one of those things. It's industry wide. It's actually you know worldwide in every like whenever I'm trying to get any promotional material, it's exactly the same in terms of paper and print and ink yeah. and shipping costs. Everything is costing more. Um, yeah. But we'll get through it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, I mean, in the one sense, it's been a great opportunity and a great leveler. You know, for certain brands, you know, if you executed well, even if you're a small brand, you, you could manage to get a lot of reach through the Internet and uh, and online and so forth. So yeah. I think, uh, you know, it's actually played to the advantage of perhaps brands with a smaller budget than some of the big multinationals that that are out there. Yeah. I think uh, when I started, the, the whole online platform and social media was was incredible for me yeah. just in terms of getting brand message out there and doing enjoying whiskey at home um and cocktails and all of those things that um people were trying whenever everyone was locked in and had had time to to make cocktails and buy recipes and um i think people are still enjoying cocktails at home just uh 
people are still going out in hospitality and spending money, but just not as frequently. Yes, so yeah. the making cocktails at home is still plays a, a big part. Um, but it, social media itself and, and online podcasts like this were incredible mm-hmm. during during the lockdown period. And I do think that people still love them and still enjoy them and have come, become so used to uh, to podcasts and and live shows. It's interesting to see like how the, how long the online phenomenon kind of lasts. But uh, I think it's it's here for a while anyway. Um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> This is at one of the trade fairs here, Sarah. Where is this one? Yeah, that's in in Berlin. So that's Bar oh, Club in Berlin. That's uh, myself, John, and Roy. Um, was that recently? That was in October, actually. Um, All right, okay. But it was my first experience in getting products shipped and and branding a branding a booth um, and standing at a trade show in person in in October. Whenever lockdown had only really started to to um, lift and. Yeah. It was a lot of people, and it was it was very surreal. But it was it was incredible. It was um, a great opportunity, and there's me being popped by one of the yeah. people coming visit the stand. But was there <laughs> a face mask candid. you had to have as well? I look I look awful candid, don't I? In that photo, but <laughs> is that a face mask you had to have? Yeah, yeah, you had to have a face mask on the whole time. Um, yeah. which was tough, you know, because you've got a bit of a language barrier there too, uh, and. It was absolutely roasting. It, the oh, yeah. sun was beaming through the window. So um, by the end of it, you just wanted to to get home and put a face mask on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where's this one? Uh, that's actually in a um, American whiskey in in Manhattan. So that's oh, yeah. a, a whiskey um, whiskey sessions where yeah. we invited um, a bunch of industry people uh, and. I, I worked this stand for for a number of hours, right, um, okay. and it was it was incredible. You know the the reception that we got. Um, that was a long day. I actually that that's a picture. I think I have tons tons of images of me wearing that shirt on that okay. same day in New York because I was so many places. I yeah. actually started off in the Dead Rabbit, then went all around Manhattan, was in this bar, and then I went to New Jersey. And went to an Indian restaurant and and uh, was pitching to you know um, retailers over there. Uh, yeah. And at the time, there was around fifty people in the room and and just me. And I'd been talking all day, but it was incredible. It was such an experience. Um, but it's just quite funny that 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 shirt played a lot of <laughs> got into a lot of pictures. It's actually it, it, it got its use. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me, I mean, one of the things I know about you, sir, is you're incredibly hardworking and you're incredibly enthusiastic and and very, very keen to learn because I know you've done lots of courses, you've done lots of research. You've done, um, what's your favourite aspect of, of being the brand ambassador? Definitely working on uh, developing brand and developing message and content creation and, and also um the new product development yeah that side of thing having the history gives you all of the um assets and and all of the heart and soul but Mm. trying to translate that message was really quite daunting at the start but we've we've finished it and and our website's going live next week and i'm very different to yeah it's it gives all it it's hopefully everyone recognizes and understands that the DNA of our brand is Belfast City and the fact that we are an industrial city um, 
we're you know a lot of us are very hard working um mm-hmm. we we all put the graft in you know a lot of the people in the industry work very long hours but they're incredibly passionate uh, and absolutely love what they do um you know small business owners um you've got the hospitality industry some of the publicans are are just really inspirational yeah. and i hope this embodies really what Belfast City is, you know, the mixologists, the bartenders, the hospitality trade, um, the whiskey industry, uh, everything about it, it it hopefully screams, you know, Belfast is an industrial city and that we, you know, roll up our sleeves and get the job done here. So um, I hope everyone enjoys it. Uh, um, We'll know next week. Well, look, um, I had Ronan Collins there. Ronan Collins is doing our cocktail sections actually in the magazine now and, you know, he was saying how versatile your liquid is and how great it is for cocktails. So uh, we'll see what he's uh, going to come out with any recipes for you now in the next uh, next while. But so this is a uh, you were pushing a couple of cocktails or promoting a couple of cocktails there. Uh, I don't know what this one is. Is this a, That's a, a Belfast old fashioned? So Belfast old fashioned, very simple recipe. Um, it's just Angostura bitters and orange bitters, um, some sugar syrup. Uh, with McConnell's and, and a, an orange peel twist with a bit of zest. It's yeah. very fresh. Um, when you drink easy it, it's almost quite summery. What's that, sorry? Easy enough to make at home. Very easy to make at home. Very easy for um, some of the bars in Belfast that wouldn't have trained mixologists or trained, trained bar staff and cocktails to make. Very, very, very simple. Um, yeah. But also one of my favorite cocktails to drink. Um, I love it quite a spirit led cocktail where where the whiskey really comes through so i do i do love this this cocktail yeah and then now it's just a, this isn't a whiskey sour is it it's a, it's it's the dunbar street sour and i know i i spoke to you about the fire that happened in dunbar street in belfast oh, yeah. so we, we named it after um after this fire, which sounds strange, but it's more to do with the resilience and the celebration of the the brand came back again after the fire, um, yeah. and it's uh, it's made with elderflower liqueur, lime juice, um, sugar syrup, and uh, a little drop of salt. So it's it's almost like a mix between a whiskey sour and a, um, an Irish whiskey margarita. So very yeah, fun yeah. drink, very light and refreshing. Um, and anyone who tries it is like absolutely loves it. Is that easy to make? Is that something you can do? Very easy to make. You really, you really just pour all the ingredients into a shaker or whatever you have at home that you can shake something in, uh, a protein shaker or a jam yeah. jar with some ice and shake it up and serve it over over the rocks. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's 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 incredible the work you've done, um, and then the whole brand. You know, it, it's. Uh, I, I know John has a wealth of experience as well that he's brought to the team in terms of opening a market because that can be something that can make or break a brand. Yeah, uh, obviously reaching the new markets in it, but uh, look, I, I think was it two? It must have been two years ago we first touched base, and I, I, you know sometimes you can see in people from day one that they're going to make a success of their career, uh, and I think it was just the pure enthusiasm and, and determination and the willingness to to get stuck in that uh, has made you successful, Sarah. So I think you should be really proud and. It was a very difficult couple of years, I know, for you personally as well. So to come through and, and, and shine the way you have and do what you've done for the brand is fantastic. So, you know, it's certainly something that other brand ambassadors can take with them. And and not just for, you know, in a, maybe brand ambassadors, there weren't so many women and young ladies involved in uh, 
in whiskey now you know hopefully that's barrier has been lifted as well from what it was so yeah you're definitely starting to see that and I actually you were you're talking about talking to me in the early days and I still appreciate I think you put up a post on on Twitter like in the first week of me starting and and I really appreciated you 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 welcoming me on board which is it's sort of been the running theme in in the industry since I started everyone's been incredibly uh welcoming um and as you said as as a a young I say young I'm not that young, don't, but don't depress me, Sarah. Please, <laughs> a young female. Um, I'm definitely finding a lot more females in the industry than than um, not not that I than I expected, but I love meeting new people. I I have six sisters and one brother. I'm a girls' girl as well. I have a little girl who's eight and is just my little chum. Um, so as much as I love a conversation with guys and enthusiastic guys in the industry, it's super whenever I meet other females in the industry and even just introducing other females into the industry has been a massive part of, of what I do and, and I really enjoy it. So, um, yeah, it's been fantastic to see actually, you know, it's, I, I really think that, you know, it has been one of the phenomenal trends is yeah. that of new people coming to whiskey. I think women are in the majority, you know, and you know, they're not, uh, they're not taking it, you know, as the standard messages that, you know, this is the type of whiskey you're going to like and so forth. You know, they're determining themselves what it, and, and as it should be for anybody. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's great to have the, the level playing field. But I suppose, you know, being a woman, you, you can relate more easily to new women drinkers coming in. Uh, other than other than the whiskey side of it, because I know you have so much spare time, Sarah, what is it you love to do? <laughs> well, as I said, I I work a lot. Um, I have a you know a wonderful family life at home with my partner Andrew. Um, I also have a little girl who's eight, and I have two two step kids. Um, you know, Joshua is sixteen, and and Rebecca is twelve, and I met them when they were quite young. So I have my hands full in terms of uh, my home life. Yeah. Um, so I I do love spending time with my family, and and you know I love decorating and love love like actually getting out and about and getting active I also look at love looking after my my health so I do I do drink whiskey and I love my food so I go to the gym very regularly to keep keep on top of that Um, but I also have a a huge like I have lots of siblings um, and we were very very strong knit really quite um, wonderful family life as well so um, try to spend as much time as I can with them and then also with two two very um wonderful friends uh they're they're lifelong friends and i spend i try to spend as much time as possible with them uh when i do get a chance to spend time with my friends we ended we end up hanging out for maybe five or six hours because we just enjoy each other's company so much so i um that's really what all i can fit in you know after Absolutely. Well, look, I tell you, if the, if your kids are home now, they're incredibly quiet, which is uh, she did a great job. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, bring us to the cinema or something evening. Just, just well, well trained, you know. No. Very good. I mean, what are the what are the hopes for the future? What are the plans for the future, Sarah? And, and do you see anything emerging in the Irish whiskey sector that's particularly exciting? Um, I. I'm going to be incredibly biased and just say I absolutely love the company I work for and I'm really, really passionate about it. And I really hope that that, that shines through, that I, I'm very serious about my role and I hope that that progresses as time yeah. goes on. I, I think that there's so much to come from this brand. Um, yeah. And 
just in my in literally in my home city in my, uh, my back door somewhere that um is just incredible in terms of history for our city as well mm-hmm. i just hope that um you know i'm with the company for as long as they'll possibly have me <laughs> yeah, i'm sure you will i'm sure you will well look uh, uh, congratulations uh, congratulations to the brand i'm really looking forward and i know i know you get the number one question when is the distillery going to open when is the distillery going to open? it'll be open when it's ready it'll be where we think it's going to be we've never um, been closer sergio we're super close and yeah. uh, just keep the faith you know we'll, we'll yeah. get there very very soon um and I just hope everyone continues to follow us on and, and we'll come actually and visit the distillery when it, do, it does open. Excellent. Well, look, Sarah, thank you very much for your time. I know you're busy and I, I'm sure it's exactly what you wanted to do on a midweek uh, Wednesday. No, I'm delighted to be on. So. Well, look, thank you. thank you. I know it's well overdue. So, well, there's David and Carolyn from Tasmania. So you have people wow. from uh, quite a diverse range of countries. So, yeah. Nice to see every. Well, look, thank you very much for your time. I wish you the best of luck. Uh, great to see the new release, and I'm looking forward to new releases going forward. Uh, and looking to look forward to annoying you at Whiskey Live uh, for, I think, two days solid. <laughs> and uh, yeah, all the very best of luck. Thank you for your time. You too, sir, Jess. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye bye. Well, thank you very much to Sarah for joining us. Uh, really a, a very, very enthusiastic uh, brand ambassador and, and beyond that, well beyond that role. Uh, look forward to uh, catching up with her at Whiskey Live. And look, it's been great to be back on the show. I'm delighted to see that people haven't completely forgotten about us and uh, hopefully they will return now for next week. So next week we have a... We have Sabine Sheehan from uh, Lamb Bay Whiskey Company, and she has some announcements there and some news. And uh, again, we'll talk about what's happening in the industry of whiskey live and uh, what their plans are for, for Irish whiskey. So thank you very much. appreciate all your time. And we will speak next week. Good evening and sláinte. <laughs>